My message today is going to be delivered in three different sections, and after each section we'll have a song to help us focus on what the point was. But I'd like to start out by asking you a little bit of a, let's say a trivial question, I guess. Did you know that pigs can't see the sky? You know, I guess the way their body is structured is that you know, the head is always kind of looking down so they can eat, or at best they can lift it up and, and see what's going on around them, but they can't lift it up like we can to look up there. Now you might be wondering, what in the world does that have to do with us being in church? Well, did you know that on the day then when pigs fly, those brethren still on the ground are not going to be able to look up and see that it's true? <laughs> well, that's not really the message I want you to know. But maybe we're a little bit like those pigs and that we're always looking down. You know, maybe we're looking down because we're disappointed or we're depressed. Or maybe we're looking down because we're always looking for the answers here. Or we're looking around to see what, what it is that I should do. And by always looking down, maybe we're missing what God is doing because we're not looking up. The famous Christian writer C.S. Lewis said, A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you're looking down, you can't see something that's above you. Maybe in our human pride, we're always looking down and are forgetting in humility to look up and see what God is doing. Do you see God at work? If you could hit the play button, would you be able to see what God is doing in your life today? Our summer messages are, are based on the beginning part of Peter's second letter, in which he's telling us that Christian character counts. He's telling us to add things to our faith, and, and you see that list there, and each week we're looking at one of those aspects of what he's telling us about Christian character. Now, we've been using the illustration of a plant to try to picture those different qualities. We started with faith as being like the soil, and we referred to Jesus' parable of the soils and how that reflects the different conditions of the human heart. And then Peter said, add to your faith goodness, which we said meant Christ-likeness, and just as we want a plant to grow, we start out by putting a seed in the soil, so it's the seed who is Christ who comes into our hearts to give us that goodness that starts to grow. But Peter goes on now and tells us something else we need to add to our Christian life. He says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge. And that's what we want to talk about today, adding knowledge to our faith. We are going to take the encouragement that Peter wraps up this letter with when he says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. So today let's talk about knowing and growing in faith. 
As I said, we're using the illustration of a tree, and, and you see this wonderful uh, display up here, and you're thinking, what kind of a church uh, display is that? Well, we're trying to depict the, the growth of a tree, which we'll talk about in the next few weeks, but that growth starts here, below the ground, with all of those roots. So today, as part of our illustration, our lesson, we want to talk about the function of the roots in that soil for that tree. So here are a little bit of some facts about roots. Most of the roots are located about 6 to 24 inches in that top soil, and they can occupy an area around the tree that could be two to four times as wide as the top, the crown of that tree. So in other words, those roots really spread out. Of course, as you probably all remember, roots have an important job. They need to get the nutrients, the minerals, the oxygen, the water out of that soil and bring it up to the tree. So their job is to absorb all of that, to transport it, and even store it for later use by that tree. Now, if a tree is not planted properly, if it's not taken care of, if it isn't watered properly, and we're seeing that happen in our state, right? Uh, then the tree could start to die. Its roots will be affected. It'll put more stress on the tree and increases the susceptibility to disease and insects. So having it properly planted and taken care of so it can get that those nutrients is important for the health of the tree. The Apostle Paul talks about our faith and the importance of it being planted somewhere and firmly. And he uses that idea of being rooted when he says this in Ephesians 3. I pray that out of his glorious riches God may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp, to know, to understand, to comprehend how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. We want to know a lot of things about God. We want to know a lot of things about our life. Let's start with, first of all, knowing about God's providence. That is, how God provides for us. That probably is one of the main concerns or, or thoughts that we have. How am I going to be taken care of? Am I going to have what I need in life? Well, let's take a look at one of the Psalms, Psalm 139, which if we had to give a title to it, it would be something like this. God in my life. Pretty simple. But the psalmist is revealing for us what we see, what we experience about God's providence in our life. Here's what he said. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is even on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. What the psalmist is reminding us about is that we can know that God always knows. 
You see, we might sometimes wonder where we are. What's going on? What's my situation? Whether it has to do, you know, with our jobs or school, with finances or health or relationships, whatever it might be, we might be asking that question, where am I and does God know what's going on? The psalmist is assuring us he always knows. Now sometimes it might appear to us that he doesn't know. And sometimes that's simply because we don't know what's going on. But no matter what is going on, God knows it, even before it happens. So we can kind of say, with God, there are no surprises in life. Now the psalmist goes on. He says, okay, after God knows all this, he says, Now you, you hem me in, behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. You know, sometimes as we're going through life and, and things happen and, and we don't maybe understand what's going on, we wonder, well, what does God know? And if he does know everything, why isn't he doing something? We might wonder, does he really care? And the psalmist is assuring us here, God always cares. He tells us no matter what's going on in our life, God's hand is on us. It's in front of us. It's behind us. He's got us surrounded so that we are never outside of his care. Now, sometimes those cause that, that unknown factor causes fear in our life. That, you know, maybe God isn't doing anything. And, and maybe he's kind of distant, kind of away, so to speak, and doesn't really realize what's going on. The psalmist assures us that he does. He goes on, he says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where, where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. No matter where I go, no matter what I'm going through, God is always there. Now, sometimes we go through things and it's uncomfortable or troubling and, and we might feel like we're going through it alone. We're not. God is always there. He said, I will never, I will not ever leave you. I won't abandon you. I won't turn away from you. I won't lose sight of you. God assures us he is always there. Now, when you read those verses from the psalm, and sometimes I can see that in there, it sounds like the psalmist wants to get away from God. <laughs> Have you ever been that way? Where you kind of wanted to get away from God? You know, I really don't want to hear what he has to say about this because I want to do this. And I don't want to follow his path because that's just not what I want to do and it's not where I want to go with my life. Sometimes we want to get away from God. 
But did you hear what he said? You can't. God is not going to leave you. God is always going to be there. Even as you're trying to reject him, he won't reject you. That's how faithful God is. Now that you know that, let's grow in that. Let's use that in our life. Wherever you find yourself in life, in whatever situation you're in, just watch and see how God's working. Look around. You'll see him do some wonderful things. Maybe those things are going to be kind of powerful and spectacular. I mean, we've seen some wonderful things here in people's lives. How he has turned their situations around, whether it was with health or with a job, whatever it might be. He has intervened and really brought blessing to them. But sometimes God just speaks to us with a quiet, reassuring word. Sometimes he just gently touches our heart. As you see God working in your life, simply trust. He knows, he cares, he's always there. And as you might start wondering and worrying about things, listen. Not just with your ears, but listen with your heart to the promises that he gives you. I would encourage you to make a, make a list of some of those encouraging promises so that when you find yourself wondering and worrying, you can pull them out and read them and be reassured because God's word is sure and assuring. And maybe commit those passages to memory or talk about them with others and you will find how God's word is so true in providing for us. He always knows. He always cares. He's always there. So, I guess the main point is, let's not be a pig. Let's not be a pig with our head down or just looking around. Let's look up and be assured our God is working. Besides tree roots providing the important nutrients for the tree, they also have another function, and that is to provide some stability. They kind of anchor the tree down. Now, as I said before, the roots, most of them stay close to the top surface, but they can spread out pretty far. But there are also tree roots that go down pretty deep, can go as deep as maybe seven feet. And they are providing some stability for that tree. So even though those roots might be taking different paths, they still have a purpose. Now, as, as you look at this, you can kind of follow the roots pretty easily. You know, we draw them out pretty meticulously. But in truth, tree roots may not be so well organized or easy to follow. They could kind of be all messed up and tangled like this. Well, you know, just as those tree roots kind of spread out or get tangled up, it kind of reflects our life as humans, too. Sometimes we, like the tree roots, like to spread out far. We like to stretch ourselves and experience new things, maybe. And sometimes we just like to stay put and dig down deep. But just like the tree roots are not so easy to follow in that top picture, so it's not always so easy in our life, either, to know which path is the way I should go? Where is my life headed? In other words, what we'd like is some guidance. 
So as we want to know more about our faith and about our loving God, we want to know about his guidance in our life. Now, we want guidance, right? If we buy something new, we look for the instruction book to see how it's supposed to function, what we're supposed to do. If we're going to be buying something, maybe we check it out and do some price comparison. We want to know what's the best product to buy. Or if we have some decisions that are facing us, again, you know, about a job or school or whatever it might be, we want some guidance to know that we're going to go in the right direction. We especially would like some guidance from God. The Apostle Paul talks about how God's guidance for us is so amazing. He says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him... And through him and for him are all things. So to him be the glory forever. Amen. A few minutes ago I had suggested, you know, think of some of those wonderful promises of God. Here's one that talks about God's guidance and God's working in our life. From Jeremiah. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. With that, we are reminded that God is guiding our life. And we can know that he's got a purpose. And that purpose is simply to bring blessing. No matter what's going on, we can be assured that God is working that purpose of blessing for our life. Now, maybe it's hard to see, because things don't always go the way we think they should go. Things don't always go our way, but they always go God's way, and God's way brings blessing. Now, the apostle Paul and the psalmist are both telling us that the plans and the working of God is just amazing. Let's go back to Psalm 139, that psalm that talks about God in my life, and let's see how his plans work. He starts out, he says, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, I'm still with you. He's simply telling us how wonderful, how amazing 
God's plans are. Every moment of our life is in God's hands. It's written in His book. From the very beginning of our life in the womb to the very first step we take into eternity, God has it all planned out. Recently, I was asked about how do we know when we're facing decisions if we're making the right decision that's in keeping with God's will? And my answer is this. First of all, look at what God reveals in the scriptures about his will. Start with the certainty of your salvation, that he loves you, forgives you, will provide for you, and will guide you. Then, look at how he tells us to live our life. Is that decision you're making in keeping with his commands and with his plan and, and, and promise of salvation for you? If it is, and you still need to know what to do, then talk to other Christians who maybe have been through similar things. Pray. Ask God for that guidance. Ask him to open the way so you can see. But finally, understand this. That if you're making a decision that is in keeping with his moral will and with his plan of saving you, then whatever your decision is, is not, well, here's the right one and here's the wrong one, but here's best and second best. Because God is capable of blessing any of those decisions that we make. His plans are so amazing. Paul also said those plans, those paths of God, are beyond our tracing. We can't see how all those things work together. Now, probably all of you have cell phones. Do you know how they all work? Do you know how all the little components in there are working together? Probably not, but we sure go ahead and use it and trust it's going to work. In the same way, we may not see or even understand how all the different little parts of our life have been put together by God. But they're working. Just trust it. Look at your own body, which he created. Do you know how it all works together? Even modern medical science with all of its technology still doesn't have it all figured out. But God does. So we may not be able to trace out all of his working, but we can trust that it is working as he has planned, with a purpose of blessing us. So now we just need to grow in that knowledge, to grow in that knowledge of his plan for us and how all things work together. You can do that by starting with prayer. Yes, you can ask God for understanding and for wisdom, but ask him to encapsulate those with acceptance, that you would surrender your life to his will and just trust that he's working. Then follow. You know, sometimes when we don't know what's going on, we're not ready to take action. Or if we don't like what's going on, we're not ready to do that. God doesn't call us to be resistant, but to be obedient. Trusting he's got it all worked out for us. Jesus said, follow me. He says, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. I call to them and they follow. That's what it means being a disciple of Jesus. A disciple was a student. And those students learned as they followed their teacher. 
Too often we want to know before we act. God simply tells us, follow and you will learn. That involves trust. The perfect cure for worry and confusion is trust. Put it into the hands of Jesus and you'll find that he already has it there. A tree roots, they are to give stability to that tree. So when there's a storm, when there are winds, when there's erosion of the soil, that that tree can stand firm, even if there's a lot of heavy weight on its branches, like snow or something. In the same way, our life can be burdened down with heavy things. There can be a lot of storms and things blowing on us, or even erosion that takes place. Have your roots deep into his love and know he's guiding your life. It's been said, a people without the knowledge of their past history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. Now we have seen the value, the importance that roots give to a tree. Now let's understand a little bit about our background. It's related to trees. When you go back to the very beginning, our origin, in the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. God said that they could eat, the people could eat from the tree of life. But they were not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For on the day that they would do that, they would die. They'd be separated from him and his blessings. And we know that human beings did eat from that tree. And that they suffered those consequences of being outside of that relationship and those blessings with God. And you and I, that's part of our culture too. To keep eating from that tree of evil, to keep sinning. The Apostle Paul described that. He said in Colossians 1, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established, and the word could be translated rooted, and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard, and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. As we go through life, we want assurance that God is going to provide for me, and that God is going to guide me. And sometimes we worry that maybe that isn't the situation, and and we see our sin, and we see our guilt. That's when we need to know and grow in his salvation for us. To know what he has done with our sin. Whether it's a sin that was simply a, a desire, or a thought, or a word, or an action that was against his will, God has taken all of that, Paul said, and he's nailed it to that tree that we call a cross, the tree on which his son 
died in our place. That blood that he shed there washes away all that sin. God has reconciled us. He has erased the guilt of our wrong because of that perfect life that Jesus lived in place of our sinful life. Because of the death that Jesus died in place of our death and penalty. And because of his resurrection that accomplished for us what will happen in our grave. Paul is telling us, look at what God has done with your sin. And then you'll know what God has promised for your future. No accusation will be brought before him. No sin will be held against you. Death cannot hold you, for, de- for God now uses death as his tool to transform this mortal body to be an immortal and eternal body. You have a future that's filled with hope so that we can live with confidence and with joy. And that's what we need to grow in, to grow in that grace. You know, I can't, I can't say enough to show you how powerful God's love is and his work in Christ, that it has caused him, the omniscient God, to forget something. Your sin. It's gone. He remembers it no more. And that's why he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength will be made perfect in your weakness. So grow in that grace and in the promises that he gives us. You know, we are so involved with so many, and busy with so many different things in life, right? I mean, there's work or there's school. There's all the house things and the family things we have to do. And then we have our hobbies and our recreations. We're busy people. But how busy are you in growing in that grace? How busy are you when you sit down and listen to his word? How much time do you spend a day emailing or texting or Facebooking or whatever it is else we do to communicate? And how much time do you use in listening to God or talking to him in prayer? And parents and grandparents, what are you doing to raise those kids and have them rooted in that grace so they know it too? That's where our life is. In God's grace. Let's know it and let's grow in it. One more little trivial thing. Did you know that a duck's quack echo is difficult to hear? <laughs> the duck's quack does not come back. I guess it's at such a decibel or whatever that it, it's really hard to hear if it's coming back. So, you only hear the quack once. But thank God, his love and his forgiveness keeps echoing strong throughout our life. It never stops. It never fades. Just listen and trust. And here's one more amazing thing. We're part of that echo we can echo God's love and forgiveness to others. 
So let's keep knowing and growing in our faith. Amen.